Citizen Critic is a podcast where we critique the critics and review the reviews of the movies, music, television, and also etc. that matter to you. Listen to Citizen Critic on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I've got a microphone in front of my face almost every day of my life. If I'm not talking about my struggles and sharing my story, then I'm doing people a disservice. You know, I need to share my story. I need to be open and vulnerable about it. If my story can help one person figure something out about themselves, then this is all worth it. And I would call the Be More Well podcast a smashing success. Hey guys, I'm Jeff St. Pierre, and this is the Be More Well podcast. If you're just stumbling across us, thank you so much for taking some time to check it out and listen. The Be More Well podcast is a look at my journey to finding wellness with various guests along the way. We're going to have personal trainers, doctors, counselors, nutritionists, and so many more stopping by the studio in the coming weeks to talk about their journeys to wellness and how maybe you can take some advice from them to find your own. But for the first episode here, I wanted to tell you more about me my health history, and why I decided to take this journey and create the podcast. Let's start uh, as far back as I can remember. I guess I've always been a bit heavier than my peers. Even as a little kid, I always wore sweatpants. Uh, Not only were they cheaper for my family, but I also didn't like the fit of jeans. I just felt too constricted. Uh, When you're a little kid and you look different, you, you certainly get picked on. I think many of us have been there before, so I took my fair share of bullying. Uh, But as much as it probably scarred me in different ways, I do think I learned a lot from that and probably became stronger as I grew up to become an adult. I don't think I ever realized what kind of weight or health problems I had because I was always playing a lot of sports. So even though I was a little bit heavier, I was playing soccer in the fall, basketball in the winter, and baseball in the spring. Also had a really great core group of friends that all lived in my neighborhood. So pretty much every single day after school, if it wasn't raining... And over the summertime, we'd always get together and we'd do things together, like ride our bikes all over the area or play basketball. So I think in my head, I was doing the right thing, but I did love eating and I ate a lot. I'd clean my plate every time I sat down with my family and I'd even make sneaky trips back into the kitchen later on at night. Here's a funny story for you now that I'm thinking about it and I probably shouldn't say this because uh, I don't know who's going to end up listening to this, but uh, we used to have Eggo waffles in the house. That was a big thing that we ate at the house. So I would sneak into the kitchen, take Eggo waffles out of the freezer, bring them back to my bedroom, and I would cook them on the light that was on my nightstand because that light would get so hot that I'd be able to cook them on there. Like that's the extent to which I was going to try to sneak food at night was (laughs) cooking Eggo waffles on my nightstand lamp at night when nobody else was around. Yeah. Do you think I got a problem? Yes, I definitely had an eating problem. I look back on this uh, as an adult and I think I was probably using eating as a way to cope with depression. Uh, We'll talk more about that uh, as I progress into my high school years. I do think it's interesting how we use things as coping mechanisms, but those things are actually hurting us at the same time. Like for example, I was likely eating to cope with some depression that I was having. And I was depressed because I was heavier and I wasn't healthy and I was being picked on by other kids. So here I was eating to make myself feel better. But in a sense, I was eating and also getting bigger and then actually feeling worse. And that's something that I understand now as an adult, as a kid, definitely didn't understand this cycle. Uh, But I see it now and it's hard. And I think a lot of us do that. 
We can essentially skip right over middle school, I think, <laughs> because like most people, I think middle school for me was not exactly the most memorable thing in the world, but I do know that it wasn't always the easiest either. A lot of the bullying continued. I did try out for my school teams, uh, for soccer and for basketball. I know the coach was actually the same for both, and he refused to pick me for the team because I had asthma. So actually, I would go to tryouts and try really hard not to have to use my inhaler uh, because the second he saw it, he cut me. Now, that's discrimination. And as an adult, again, looking back on this, I probably could have done something about that. But I don't know. Like I just I felt like I was being picked on by this adult coach. I didn't want to draw any more attention to the fact that I was any different than anybody else uh, because I had asthma. But again, a totally normal thing that a lot of people have. It just hit me a little bit harder than others. High school was when I think I understood what depression was and that I definitely had a problem. There were some extremely dark days for me in high school, especially freshman year. That was the worst of it, I think. Um, contemplated suicide a few times. A couple of those times got real close to actually doing it. And that's something I don't talk about very much. And it's not that I'm embarrassed by it, but I, I feel like when you talk about something like that, it brings added attention onto you. And that's something I've never been big on. I never really like to shine the spotlight on myself. So this podcast is actually a, a very interesting thing for me because I don't know. I don't like to talk about myself in this way. I don't like to be vulnerable like this, um, but we're doing it and I'm going to see what happens. And hopefully you guys can take something from my story that can help you uh, in your own personal life. Uh, but anyway, I did choose not to commit suicide, obviously, because I am here talking to you guys. But the last time that I really thought about it, I think kind of woke me up. And it woke me up to the fact that there is more out there than just the darkness and the sadness. And look, I'll be honest. I mean, this was, we're talking about when I was 14, 15 years old. I'm 38 years old right now, and I still have really bad days. But I've learned how to cope with that. I've learned how to deal with those bad days without having to go into a dangerous place. You know, some days I just have to go sit down and, you know, lay in a dark room for a couple hours and just be alone. And that helps. You know, I, I think I've figured out how to manage my depression. So I used to have dreams as a kid, uh, and this has got to be a depression thing. If there's any counselors or therapists listening right now, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on this, but I think it's a clear-cut sign of depression. The best way to contact me, by the way, is through social media. We've got Instagram and Twitter set up. On Instagram, it's at Be More Well Podcast, and on Twitter, it's just at Be More Well. Please feel free to reach out. You got any questions? You got any comments? You want to talk to me about something in particular? I'd love to hear from you. If you have any ideas or suggestions for upcoming episodes, I'd also love to hear about that because my whole goal with this podcast is to try to provide you with a lot of ideas and a lot of information so you can find the things that help you find your own personal wellness. Things are a little bit different for each person on an individual level, so I'm hoping that people will be able to take something from this podcast and uh, help them along in their journey. Okay, so now that I'm getting back on track, back to that dream that I was talking about. I would have these dreams uh, where I would be in a room, right? Like a square room and I would be in one corner of that room. And every time I'd try to get out of that corner, like I'd just start running in a different direction, the room would continuously get bigger and bigger and bigger, making me feel smaller and smaller and smaller. 
I mean, it's got to be some sort of sign of insecurity and depression. I, I don't I don't really know how to break that down. But again, somebody listening, you got any ideas? I'd love to hear from you about it uh, if you want to hit me up. By the way, social handles. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Those are the best places to find information about the Be More Well podcast. On Instagram, the account is at Be More Well podcast. And on Twitter, it's just at Be More Well. As I said before, after I had my darkest days, I realized there was so much more about life. I got involved with uh, some new friends, got really involved in the local music scene uh, where I live. So I kind of found a new community of people to be around. Not that my friends weren't great. My friends that I had known since first grade were still a huge part of my life, but I found a different outlet and I found a different group of people that I think saw me in a different way. I think it's actually really important every once in a while in life to find new people to work into your circle because they look at you differently. They see you differently. And maybe that can help you see yourself differently. When you're with the same people all the time, you fall into one simple routine, right? It's the same routine you always have. When you bring new people into that group, you learn more about yourself. And I think they learn more about you. And it is definitely a healthy thing to do. So this new group of friends in high school uh, definitely helped me push forward. And I think I started to see a lot of positives from that. I was still overeating, but I did make the high school soccer team. I was on the team for freshman, sophomore, and junior year. I ended up not going back to the team my senior year because I needed to work to make money for college. I think that's a struggle that a lot of people can probably understand and relate to. Uh, but I do think being on the team maybe kept me from recognizing some of the struggles that I was having. You know, It kind of put a mask over the issues I was having with my weight and my eating. I thought, hey, I'm on the soccer team. I must be good enough to do this. I'm surrounded by all these very physically fit people. I, I must be okay. You know, I didn't have a very good self, uh, self-image. self I didn't really know what I looked like uh, in real life. There were definitely signs that I was different from my teammates. I know for a fact that I was better than some of the players that played my position, but my weight and what I looked like held me back. I do remember my coach watching me dive for a save once. Uh, I was a goalie, in case I hadn't said that yet. And he said, I don't look very graceful. You know, I, I looked at him and I said, did the ball go in the goal? To which he had to respond, no, because I saved it. Then I said, well, what does it matter what I look like as long as the ball stays out of the net? (laughs) Maybe not the smartest way to address your coach, but whatever. I've always had a little issue with people in power who like to abuse their authority. This came back up in college, too. That is how I looked. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you that I was an amazing Division I caliber athlete, but I was good. You know, I held my own. Freshman year, I wanted to join an intramural team to keep playing and have some fun. And when I went to speak to our dorm coach, uh, a lot of the intramural teams at my school were based on what dorm you were in. So, So I went to go speak to our dorm coach, and he looked at me and said, and I quote, you don't look like a soccer player. Why don't you find something that takes a little less physical effort? I was like, dude... I've been playing soccer for 12 years, you know, but it is what it is. I never ended up getting on that intramural team and probably wasn't as physically active in college as I should have been. I certainly didn't utilize the free gym that we (laughs) had there. And I wish I had another thing. Like, I swear to God, if I knew then what I know now, uh, there'd be so many things that I would have done differently in my life, Uh, like using the free gym facilities at my college. I went to Villanova University and I did go to the gym once with my roommate at the time because uh, he really wanted to go down there. And I was like, I'll go with you today. And it, it was awesome. It was this beautiful place, really great equipment. But I, I just didn't really think about that. You know, I don't even think that at that time, gyms were really pressured on people the way they are now. You know, I'm talking about like 20 years ago right now, which is also crazy to think that it was that long ago. Uh, after college, I'd go get regular physicals from my doctor. My numbers looked good. My blood pressure, my cholesterol, all those things looked good. So I kind of 
felt like I was invincible and I would eat whatever I wanted. You know, late night trips to Wendy's. I lived in the Philadelphia area. So trips to Wawa were a big thing for me. I was working crazy hours trying to break into the radio industry. Pretty much every Friday, this was the breakdown for me for like a year and a half, two years of my life. Uh, I'd go to work at about 10 a.m. at a radio station. I'd work from 10 till about two or three o'clock in the afternoon. And then I would leave to go to the restaurant I was waiting tables at. And I'd work there from four to about 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Then I would run home, shower, and then go back to the radio station because my shift started at midnight. I'd be on the air from midnight until 5 a.m., then at 5 a.m., I would drive home, be home about 5.30 or so, and I would sleep for about three hours, about 8.30-ish, 8.30, 9 o'clock. Then I would get up because I'd be back at the restaurant again at 10 a.m. on Saturday, and I would work from 10 a.m. until about 10 p.m. on Saturday. So that was my Friday and Saturday night for about a year and a half, two years of my life. It was crazy. I was not taking good care of my body. I was not getting enough sleep. I was eating at crazy hours and, as I said before, eating terrible food for me. Again, just horrible, horrible food. But I would go to the doctor and he would tell me my numbers were fine. So I, I didn't think there was anything wrong with what I was doing. Fast forward a little bit, uh, get into my 30s and I start to try to take my health a little more seriously. Uh, I joined a couple of diet plans that I kind of got connected to through work, lost a bunch of weight actually, which was kind of awesome. I, I had gotten up to the heaviest that I'd ever been, about 270 pounds. Now, let me backtrack really quick. When I tell you that I was heavier, my average weight was always somewhere in the world of like 210 to 220. That was where I lived. I'd lose a couple pounds, gain a couple pounds, but in that general region was where I was for most of my 20s. And then all of a sudden, right around my 30th birthday, I went to the gym uh, to start seeing a trainer and got on the scale and I realized I was 270 pounds. Somewhere in that time period, I gained 50, 60 pounds and I was at this huge weight and that's when I really started to see what had happened to me. I had given up on the physical activity. It just wasn't a part of my life. Still sleeping crazy hours because I do morning radio. So that just throws life into a whole different world. And that was when I realized I had to take this more seriously. So like I said, lost a bunch of weight. I got down to about 200 pounds. I think it was like 197 at my lowest weight ever, but I felt emaciated. I felt like I was starving myself to get down to that point. So still not being particularly healthy in this situation. And because of that, I think my body started to rebel a little bit, started getting into a fight or flight situation with my body. We'll talk more about that uh, when I have a nutritionist come in uh, in a future episode here. But fight or flight, essentially, your body gets worried that you're not going to have enough nutrition. So your body stops uh, blowing through the different things that you have in your body. It holds onto it. So you think that you're not eating a lot, so you should be losing weight, but your body is saying, wow, you're not eating a lot. I better not burn through these calories right away because I might need them later. So it actually has the opposite effect for you. So you'll, you'll hear people talk about how you should eat more and that's how you lose weight. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, that is a true thing. If you're not eating enough, your body won't digest it. Your body won't burn those calories. It wants to hold on to it and store it. But if you are eating more, you know, the correct amount, then your body does burn through it. That's actually the better place to live. Again, talk more about that in a future episode when we bring in uh, some counselors and different doctors to talk to you guys about different healthy aspects of life. But that's what happened to me. My body got into this fight or flight phase and I stopped losing weight. In fact, I started gaining weight and I just felt miserable. I felt horrible all the time. My 35th birthday is when I really started to notice that. I was training for some half marathons. 
Oh yeah, did I tell you I started running half marathons? <laughs> when I first lost a bunch of weight, I uh, I started running half marathons. It was great. I, I loved doing it. I would do for a couple of years. I was doing uh, six or seven a year. At the time that I started to realize how awful I was feeling, I was actually training for a series of four half marathons in a six week period. Uh, one of those was in Tennessee. One was in Maryland. Uh, one was in Wyoming. Oh, two in two were in Maryland. So one in Tennessee, two in Maryland, and one in Wyoming. So not only was I running four half marathons in a six-week period, I was also traveling uh, long distances to do those marathons. So my body was getting stressed. Before I got to that point, I just started to feel terrible. I was never hungry. I was always tired. I had acid reflex so bad. I mean, just leaning over to tie my shoes, I'd feel like I was going to throw up. It was awful all the time. And I didn't know what it was. I thought I was eating right. I was exercising like crazy because of the training for the marathons. Uh, I was doing everything that I thought uh, was right, but it wasn't working for me. And that's when I started to to get into another uh, dark hole, if you will. I uh, started to get depressed. Again, I started gaining weight like crazy. Uh, over about a three-year span, I put on about 60 pounds. Um, it was bad. I could not find any answers. Started going to see my primary care physician, uh, ran a few different tests on me, kind of invasive tests and, and found essentially nothing. So here I was paying all this money for these tests, but not actually discovering any new information, which is also very, very frustrating. I mean, you go in there and you're describing it as perfectly as you think you can be, and they just can't find an answer. And then you start thinking to yourself, well, maybe I am the problem. Maybe there really is something wrong with me, or, or maybe I'm just doing everything wrong. Everything I thought that was right was wrong. So again, I, I got depressed. That depression snuck back in and it made me want to eat Cheetos and potato chips and late night meals and, and just not care because it was like, well, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. If I'm just eating chicken and broccoli every day, I'm still gaining weight. So what's the point? And that's when I decided to go see an integrative health doctor. So what's an integrative health doctor? A lot of people ask me that question. The best way for me to describe this is to use an example with the police. So think of your primary care physician as the first cop at the scene of a crime. The cop shows up, looks around, reports that someone was killed or hit by a car or whatever the crime may be. Then the detectives show up and they try to figure out what really went on. They try to figure out how the person was murdered, with what weapon, and by who. They look at all the different angles and try to get the full story. That's the integrative health doctor. They take a look at all of the factors of the person and try to figure out what is causing these problems. So my doctor had me do multiple blood tests, a saliva test, a fecal test. I also did that 23andMe health screening to look at my genetic makeup. What we discovered is that there's a lot of things working in my body that were not helpful to me for sure. My body is not trying to help me out right now. I believe it was the saliva test that helped us discover that my body was doing that fight or flight thing. My adrenal glands were all messed up and so were my cortisol levels. Stress and lack of sleep definitely contribute to that. Two things that I'm extremely familiar with, especially over the last few years. We also found other things like a bacteria in my stomach that was causing a lot of my symptoms. You know, it's funny. It took my integrative health doctor one test to find that, but I spent a year going to my primary care physician and going through all different tests, and he never found anything. Kind of interesting how that works, huh? Uh, dopamine is an issue for me, too. My body doesn't make it at the same level that other people do. That likely leads to some of my depression right there, so it's kind of interesting to find that out. Uh, I'm still learning as I go, and I'm still working to figure out everything 
everything that I need to do to find wellness. Uh, it's taken a lot of effort on my part to make the necessary changes in my life to get better. Had to stop being a yes man at work so I could bring my stress levels down. Had to start saying no to extracurricular activities that kept me out later than I should be. I, I practically gave up meat. I, I say I'm like a 90% vegetarian. There's still that 10% that sneaks in from time to time. I did give up dairy, though. That was a huge game-changing help for me. We'll talk about that in the next episode when I bring in one of my former personal trainers who's doing an integrative health coaching thing right now. She's got so much knowledge and so much information to share, but she also gave up dairy and noticed how that impacted her health afterwards. It, it really is amazing to think you can give up one thing in your diet and it can totally change the way your body reacts. So why a podcast? Why start the Be More Well podcast? Well, there are a few answers to that question. One, as I started to pursue wellness, I started reading a lot of books and checking out other podcasts to see what people had to say. I feel like there, there is an amazing wealth of knowledge out there, and I would suggest checking out whatever you can get your hands on. But I also feel that so much of that advice is coming from people that live a very different life than I do. And when I say different, I don't mean better or worse. I just mean different. For example, I was just listening to a podcast the other day where a woman was talking about her stomach issues, and these stomach issues kind of aligned with things that I've dealt with over the last few years of my life, but she said she found a solution by having a private chef make all of her meals for her, and that's amazing. It's amazing that she has the financial means to get that kind of help, and it's amazing that she figured out that that was a good solution, but there's no way I can afford a private chef. That's not even in the realm of possibility for me right now, so while I appreciate that story, of discovering what she needed to do to change her life and to get her health back, it's not something I can relate to. And I imagine that's the case for a lot of people that don't have money for private chefs and people who have to work eight to 10 hour days before they're able to get to the gym or make dinner. I hope the Be More Well podcast can help bridge that gap a little bit. I think the biggest reason though that I'm doing this is that I feel compelled to do it. I feel like it's my responsibility. Here I was, and continue to be, trying to work through my problems and find my path to wellness. I've got a microphone in front of my face almost every day of my life. If I'm not talking about my struggles and sharing my story, then I'm doing people a disservice, you know? I need to share my story. I need to be open and vulnerable about it. If my story can help one person figure something out about themselves, then this is all worth it, and I would call the Be More Well podcast a smashing success. So what can you expect as these episodes continue? Well, I'll be welcoming in friends and experts from all aspects of wellness. We're talking about personal trainers, doctors, counselors, authors, everything that I can think of that might help inspire people. And I'll keep you updated on my journey along the way as well, so don't worry about that. Please click subscribe if you want to stay up to date on the latest episodes. I'll probably launch a few fairly quick here at the very beginning, but my ultimate goal is to have a new episode for you every two weeks. And be sure to follow us on social media too. On Instagram, we're Be More Well Podcast. And on Twitter, it's just Be More Well. That's B E More Well. And if you have any suggestions, you got any thoughts, you got any questions, please feel free to hit me up. I welcome all feedback. Okay. I can only get better at this if you guys tell me what I'm doing wrong. And I love to have suggestions for what you guys are really craving to hear about. Hopefully, I can pull my resources together and make something happen for you along those same lines. So, thank you so much for checking out episode one of the Be More Well podcast. I can't tell you how great it feels to finally get this done and to finally have it ready for all you guys. I feel, I don't know, I feel nervous. Like I feel like a, a weird sense of nervousness right now because a lot of the stuff in this podcast, it's things I haven't told people before. And I'm sure there's people in my life that are gonna listen to it and go, what? I had no idea that that stuff was going on. 
But again, I'm sharing this story because I hope to inspire others to seek wellness for themselves. So thank you again for listening to episode one, and I hope you come back and check out future episodes of the Be More Well podcast. Be more well.